You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Back to another episode of Habs Nightly, folks. Uh, a strange week, a long week, uh, but you know what? An enjoyable start to the season uh, for Habs fans. But before we get into any of the games, uh, Mason, how are you, bud? I am tired, buddy. He's fucking uh, tired. Week, midterm week, but I'm excited, you know, to kind of get a reprieve from all the studying, all the tests, and mm-hmm. talk about the boys absolutely kicking the shit absolutely. Out, of the fucking, out of the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs to start this season. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. They came back. Like, that was an exciting game. That was, like, a really good game of hockey, not even just from a Habs fan. Like, if you're a hockey fan, that was an exciting game. Cole Caulfield. Oh my God! Off to a hot start already. I hate, I hate that I couldn't, I didn't get him in the draft. Like, I am so tempted to like to to do what I shouldn't do is like make a trade after week one. It's a horrible thing to do. Just out of you know, like the itch. The itch because you have a gut feeling this kid is going to be lights out this year. No, absolutely. Um, and he looks like he's going to be lights out. He's been all over the place. Unfortunately, Habs have not won a game since opening night. <laughs> but there it is. You know, it comes with but, the business of trying to draft Connor Bedard, but. If you do want to focus on that game one, do you want to talk about them all or like kind I of think, at once? I think wanna... I think game one was really good. It's the season opener. There's a lot, there's a lot of things to really look into on that game. I feel two and three. Now I didn't get a chance to see too much of three, but I feel like I don't know. I, you didn't I think miss I much. think game three. Yeah. If we can break down game three really quickly. <laughs> um, phenomenal goal from Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Basically a individual effort. Arbor Jack I did well to step up, dump the puck into the zone. Got his first Suzuki. assist, right? Yeah, first mm-hmm. point first point ever um, by a player with the last name that starts with X. So that's pretty cool. Hose also, man. apparently the youngest um, undrafted defenseman to score a point in the NHL. Hose man. <laughs> yeah, like, the, I thought that was a weird st- – he's the youngest. What a six stack. Defenseman. Yeah. So, good for Arbor Jack guy. Uh, great goal from Nick Suzuki. Caden Gooley got into sort of a fight. Anthony Math is a bitch, elbowed him in the head, then shoved him into the 
the like the net. I haven't mm. seen that happen in a fight before. Like avoid the fight. Other than that, one of the most boring games of hockey I've watched, like including the preseason. And I don't know why, Corey, you may disagree with me, but I find Washington so fucking boring to watch. <laughs> like unbelievably boring. Like every time I watch them play, it's just they're slow and they they forecheck hard and they pass the puck to Ovi. Like that's it. That's all they do. And tell me how that guy still gets open. Like watching the penalty. Basically, my takeaways from that game: Habs seriously, seriously, seriously still need to improve their their special teams. Mm-hmm. Like we're awful. Yeah, awful penalty killing. Don't leave Ovi open. Just don't do it. <laughs> awful power play. Like, I don't know why Slaff hasn't gotten a chance yet. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, overall, just a shit game. And Montembeau still sucks. He's still Montembeau. So, Jesus. I don't know. It's just kind of, kind of an unfortunate game. It like I left before it finished. To be honest, I stopped watching. It was wasn't it, was it wasn't it like a low shot game too. Let me pull it up. Um, I don't remember. Like, it, there wasn't much memorable about the game, to be honest. Okay. Um, Early takeaways stats-wise, though. No, it was decent. Yeah, I'm listening. Uh, Habs time on ice. Kane Gooley and Jordan Harris are third and fourth, respectively. Mm. Which is pretty impressive. Uh, Kane Gooley already like played the most games of any player on, on both teams in the Toronto uh, season opener. Played has played amazingly, by the way. Like, if you told me he was a, a NHL vet of like 10 seasons, I'd believe you if I didn't know who he was. He's been great. Uh, Jordan Harris, I think, has been great too. Um, Sean Monahan on the faceoff dot, though, 67% already. Jake Evans, 59. Dvorak, 57. Habs are winning their faceoffs. It's nice to see. And uh, kind of what, like what we predicted early on when we saw Monahan was going to play with Kirby Doc. Doc's still struggling in the faceoff dot, thirty nine percent. But Monahan has been there to take faceoffs for him and has been doing a really really good job at it. So they've had the puck on their stick more often than not, which is really great for a player like Kirby Doc, who Corey I think's just been phenomenal. I think he's aside from Suzuki and Caulfield. And maybe even you can argue he's maybe he's been more consistent than both of them. Doc's been great, just absolutely phenomenal. Excuse me. Um, yeah, and I feel like you, you know, unless you're looking at it, if unless you're looking at it as like not okay, he's like not putting up. I'm not gonna say he's not putting up points, but he's playing like an an all around like really really good game, strong game. Um, it's just he's that, always got the puck in the offensive zone, right? Um, pretty, you know, he's made a little mistakes every now and then, but pretty elusive with it as well, or or like hungry to to pull it back. Like I've seen even against like the Capitals, there are a few plays where Doc would like skate, back check, steal the puck, turn mm-hmm. it around and skate up the ice. His mobility is phenomenal. He's one of the most mobile players on the team. And I think Kirby Doc is what we want Slavkovsky to be in the sense of a lot of people 
like a, a playmaker. No, but a lot of criticism. Yes, a playmaker, but a lot mm-hmm. of criticism of his game in Chicago was that he didn't, he wasn't physical. And we're seeing similar um, criticism for Yaroslavkovsky in the sense that he's not crushing people. He's not mm-hmm. being really heavy on the forecheck and stuff. And we would like to see more of that, yes. But what Kirby Doc has done that's made up for that is he is not physical, but he's learned how to use his size and his reach to be elusive with the puck and keep the puck away from people. And he's using his hands and his reach to his advantage. He can get passes off. He can protect the puck. He can carry the puck into the zone. And that is kind of the progression and the growth we want to see from Slavkovsky is what Kirby Doc has done. And it's, if, if anything, I think it's um, kind of like, uh, what's the word? It gives us hope in seeing that Doc is, was able to go from, someone who wasn't using his reach and his size maybe as effectively to, I would argue possibly the best play driver outside of cold cough, cold cough field right now. It first th- for, uh, through the first three games, he's been that good mm-hmm. constantly in the offensive zone, constantly making things happen and being reliable defensively as well. If we can get that kind of progression from Slavkovsky through the next few years, who, you know, could project to be a lot better than Kirby Doc. That's definitely um, like it's good to see. It gives it gives hope that we maybe made the right pick. Right. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, his play has been really, really impressive. Um, I didn't see any of three, but game one. Um, I feel like there was a lot. I feel like there was more rust on the players in game two than it was in game one. I think just the height of the game opener. And it being against, uh, you know, the Leafs really elevated and put everyone uh, on like an adrenaline rush. And I feel like I feel like watching the Detroit game a little bit. You know, I saw two periods of it, but watching that one, um, I feel like that was more of the season opener. It felt like it was just so a lot of mistakes, um, really sluggish you know, rusty offense, defense, um, except for Jake Allen, which can't wait to get to in a minute. But uh, Kirby Doc has been, like you're saying, though, um, one of the one of the key key guys that that have been making great strides this early on. Um, it's just something about a guy who doesn't quit on a play or can force a play to happen. Um, I didn't realize Kirby Doc was going to be like a really good 200 foot you know, player, but uh, he's been very impressive. No, absolutely. I think the Habs have been good for the most part in playing possession hockey. And I think that's the way this team is kind of built. You want your skilled young guys who can skate to have the puck on their stick. Has it been perfect? Absolutely not. Against Detroit, Jake Allen had to make a franchise record 25 saves in the first period. But the hope you can take from that is the Habs gave up 25 shots and still got 12 of their own. Which is just like obviously atrocious on the defensive side, but it does show that this team is going to get their looks. They're going to get their shots, right? Yeah. They're going to get opportunities to score. We've been saying this for months now. I don't care if this team loses 67 games this year. 
if they score goals, I'll be happy because that's what we need. We need our players to learn how to put the puck in the back of the net. This is going to be an offensive team. Right. But what I really think has helped um, more so than anyone thought, which, you know, I think going into the season, we were all kind of expecting the Habs to give up chances and goals like we saw against Detroit. And even a little bit against Washington, where there were some just some awful plays. But a lot of that happened. It, a lot of the goals were just subject of Montembeau and our veterans, too. David Savard, even. It wasn't even the young guys messing up. But to get back to my point, sorry. What I think really helped the possession is having the three young guys at the back. We're missing Matheson. We're missing Edmondson. But... Caden Gooley, Arbor Jacki, and Jordan Harris have done have great. All. They've all been exceptional, um, not only defensively, but in terms of just breaking the puck out of our zone. I don't know if the Habs have been this good at it, and it is early days, but in years. Like Jordan Harris in particular, and Gooley too, go on skates. They like, When was the last time you saw a Habs defenseman? consistently skate the puck out of the zone mm-hmm. like i was watching kale mccarr through all through the playoffs just pick the puck up behind his own net and somehow end up behind the other team. run it <laughs> which that's not what i'm expecting but the abs have devon taves who can do the same thing sam gerard mm-hmm. owen byram tampa has a bunch of guys who can do it. All your really good teams in the league have defensemen that play that way. And the Habs look like they have a young core that can do it because Barron's doing the same thing in Laval right now. Mm-hmm. And watching Gooley and Harris skate it up, but even Jacki, who doesn't have maybe, who's way more mobile than I thought he ever could be. But he's not always going to skate the puck up the way the other two do. But even just little things like when he's, you know, going to retrieve a puck and there's a four checker on him, he'll pick up the puck in a way so that when he gets it, the four checker's on his back and he can just skate forward and make a clean exit pass. And the play, it kills the play right away. Right. Whereas you see, right. even with our veterans like Savard, for example, he'll go in, he won't get good body position. And then he's, you know, held up against the boards. He has to try to kick it out and hope someone picks it up. Our young guys are already the three best breakout artists on our team. We'll we'll see how Matheson does because I just haven't seen him play enough. Yeah, but on the active yeah. roster right now, like they're the three best. They've done way better than anyone else has, and that's really fucking encouraging. No, it's uh, uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, no, these. Th- <laughs> Like you're saying though, like you know, their their ability to to move the puck out of their zone and then like not just get pinched in on the wall, like to be able to to bring it far and, and try to make something out of it. Not just that, their their energy. Um to have this much, you know, youth and like promising youth at that, you know, it's not just because, oh, we're we have a lot of guys hurt, so we're having to force these guys in. We're not forcing them, honestly. If you know Matheson or Edmondson was not on this team or, or, you know, long-term IR, these kids are playing with confidence and their energy is really um, inspiring. And it's, it's gotta be great to be anyone on this team right now to see, you know, the youth 
on the defense really force its way into a a prominent position and i mean i know a lot of people don't like savard um it ain't it ain't helping him that these you know these three kids are more or less running circles around you know a, a veteran and you know you could call it you know uh you know their rookie season it, it's it's heightened it's elevated but I think that these kids all deserve more than just it being, oh, well, no one's seen how they play. No one's played against them. So it's still, you know, no one has tape on them. So they're they're new. No, I think they're just like exceptional guys that finally had a chance to come in um, and, and prove what they're capable of. But it has been it has been fun watching it, you know, uh, to actually look at a team and it be so young and, you know, we're only won one game, but it is it is so like, you know, welcoming and and relieving to see that these young kids are actually doing so well. And despite the loss, you know, there's so much to look forward to. Absolutely. And my only criticism, like really, when it comes to the three young defenders, mm-hmm. is that we haven't seen them given more opportunity on the power play. Right. Martin St. Louis and Alex Burroughs are still running five forwards on pp2 which honestly i kind of agree with i like that idea it's forward thinking you're getting you know your best offensive players out there my issue is that you're rolling out i, I get you have to roll out mike hoffman because he's a power player specialist you're paying him a lot of money but he's <laughs> fucking brutal on the point i fucking hate him as the power play quarterback taking fucking slap shots from the blue line, wristers from the blue line. The last I And Chris Weidman, who I do like, I think he's a good player. I like that he's on the team. Put him on PP2 where he belongs. Give Gooley and Harris some opportunities on that top power play unit. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do. Harris especially. I think Gooley's going to be a better player, but Harris, I think, has what it takes to run a blue line. They both do. They're both mobile. They have good vision. Gooley can shoot. Harris is very willing to shoot. We've seen him take a bunch of rushes where he skated up the blue line, and he goes, oh, I have the space, and he cuts in the middle and fires a wrister. Like, I don't see why that guy isn't getting a look. Now, it's early days. I get it. So, you know, I'm not really complaining that much, but in the coming weeks, I would love to see them get an opportunity because so far the power play has been disappointing. It has not produced and it's kind of looked very similar to what we've seen in past seasons recently. And the only times it looks dangerous, it's not because of the system. It's because of Suzuki and Caulfield. Mm Mm-hmm. Those are the only times it's looked dangerous at all. And you need, obviously you need your power play to revolve around your best players, but it also needs to work when they're not going to get the looks, right? Like it it needs to, it can't just be carried by (laughs) your best players. It needs to enhance your best players. And right now Montreal's power play is not doing that. It's been tough to watch there. There's like glimmers of hope you know, every now and then, but it, it definitely still has a lot of work. Um, but just to, just to, you know, backtrack a little bit on Harris, um, 
I do like, you know, like that he's taking uh, chances, you know, with shots and stuff like that, because he does play uh, in the preseason. I had commented that he takes some very, I guess, dangerous um, chances, you know, spins and shit like that. Um, But I would expect a guy that's willing to try new things and is pretty successful at doing them. Um, to take, you know, to take shots, to take, you know, try to make something out of it other than just put the team in a good position. I'm happy that his confidence is, is raising and, ch- and him feeling more comfortable to, you know, to attempt shit like that. It's just great eye to, to see he, like you were saying, he has the space. So go for it. You know, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Um, yeah. Power play has been tremendously horrible, but look, we kind of, we've kind of been sporadic. Um, <clears throat> let's let's kind of focus just on game one again. Uh, opening ceremonies were really great. Um, Carey Price's standing ovation was unreal. Uh, goosebumps. Uh, Nick Suzuki coming out with the C was that was pretty good. Not gonna lie, that was pretty good. Um, you know what? I think it's time we we touched on him a minute, but Jake Allen's play. Um, first, can I just yeah yeah backtrack the price? The back that was heartbreaking. Then. Yeah, it was. Um, that was heartbreaking because you see, like he comes out, and I think everyone in that building there's kind of this unsaid, almost final goodbye. And when he tipped the cap, I think it became official almost in the hearts of everyone there and everyone watching. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like a goodbye to me. It really did. Um, I hope personally, I don't think Carey Price will ever play a full season in the NHL again. I hope he gets one last game. Even though that Florida game was pretty perfect, we didn't, you know, I hope that's not his final goodbye. But man, did it ever feel like one. (laughs) Right. It really felt like one. So yeah, that was pretty sad to see. But, you know, the fan, he, he's kept that building alive. The, you could argue the Bell Center is his. Yeah. There's never been a cup one in it. Uh, that's Carrie's building. Um, so it's, it was a little, little tough to see that, but uh, I love, I love the ovation the fans gave him. And uh, hopefully we do see him again, although. If I had to wager and I was a betting man, I may bet that we're probably not going to see him again. Now, unfortunately, I don't think player retirements are uh, a list of possible options, but there are many options to bet on DraftKings, and we have, I believe, a word from them. Always do. Uh, Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sporting bet, a sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Um, you know, uh, it was tough that they had no games today while we're recording, but uh, Monday starts back up. I mean, a pretty simple one. Uh, Maple Leafs versus the Coyotes. The Coyotes haven't won a game yet, but it's still early in the season. I uh, scroll down a little bit. Stars over Jets. I think that's a pretty good haul. Uh, the Jets are still, I mean, they've got their first win. Um, 
but I still feel like against the Stars team that, I mean, they just re-signed uh, Jason Robinson, and that that line seems to be doing really good. And then you got the Hurricanes and the, over the Krakens. I think the Hurricanes have uh, haven't lost a game yet. It's only two games in, but um, the Kraken are still struggling, um, just like last season. And the Hurricanes, more or less, pretty pretty much have come in like a uh, you know well oiled machine. So I think those are three great options for you guys. I'm sure you guys are already on that. But uh, if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Y'all remember to please download the DraftKings Sports app now if you haven't already. Use promo code THPN and just bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I should have definitely grabbed a water. Um, but yeah, man, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Like you always need that fucking mid-recording refreshment, buddy. Or the voice just dies. Yeah, uh, and you know why I don't have one is because uh, I didn't bring the case of water inside, and I was just like, ah. I'll get it later and later turned into uh, a sticky mouth, you know, cotton mouth during <laughs> a uh, fantastic ad by DraftKings. But let's get back to it. Um, before we get off of the subject, though, yeah, Carrie Price tipping his hat after that, you know, what felt like an eternity of, of cheers. Um, that was that it was it was beautiful, but it was tough. And, you know, that game against Florida, where you said it was like a perfect game. It was perfect send-off, for sure. I don't feel like enough people – I know I know, I know. know for the most part everyone tuned in. But there was that sense of it's not over. You know, it could be over, but he's back, you know. So I, I don't feel like people paid as much attention to it that it was a it was a tough season already but if you didn't watch that game and now you know because you were in, look we got a whole nother season if he's playing now he's going to play next season in some capacity um you have got to be shitting yourself after that you know opening ceremony you know just seeing all the stuff you know him going back on IR his you know the knee not recovering the way that they want it to and I mean, all you get is a is an article about you know him not giving up and and still being hopeful. But I mean, in the same article, he's talking about how it's quality of life. Like he can barely mm-hmm. get up the stairs. Yeah. Why so, would you Why would you put yourself through any more? You know, like exactly. So I, I I seriously doubt that we're going to see um a return of Carey Price in the NHL, but. You know, we can be hopeful. Um, however, you were talking about him beforehand. And I think we should probably give him the credit that it, that's due. Jake Allen, who fucking stood on his <laughs> head 
against the Detroit Red Wings has been, I think, very solid in um, the two games we've seen him. And, like, holy – literally set a franchise record for saves in the first period, like, against Detroit. I could not believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe we were uh, – now, I know the Red Wings are, you know uh, – a very up and coming team and like getting their bearings back in. But I still thought there was, you know, there would be a bit of, I felt like it was a pretty even game, but like the Canadians definitely did feel very sluggish, very like out of the loop, but that did wasn't. It feel even? <laughs> I mean, like the playing field, like I, I expected the Canadians to at least be able to play to that, that level that the Detroit Red Wings brought, which is, both teams didn't look that great, but what I was getting at is that Jake Allen has, you know, he had a, uh, I think it was like a 0.9906 for, um, for the Toronto game, but he still had a pretty decent game, but Jake Allen in his second game was unreal. 0.974 uh, shots versus only let in two shot, two goals and 40 shots. Beautiful. Played phenomenally. Um, and by the looks of things, <laughs> based on Jake, or sorry, Jake, based on Sam Montemblo, uh, he's going to have to keep it up if we're going to win any games this year. Monty looks awful. Yeah. Just horrendous. Like, did not look sharp at all, which, you know, from a, when I'm watching the game, it sucks. But from a Connor Bedard perspective, bring it on. I hope he starts 45 games this year because we'll lose all of them. If he plays like that, he was fucking horrendous against Washington. So I imagine Jake Allen's going to have uh, going to have an awful lot to play for here. Yeah. And, you know, um, he's made his money. He's, you know, we, we gave him more. Welcome back. Um, Jake Allen's like just I don't I don't know. Uh just kind of like last year when he was healthy, it seemed like one of the only guys that was really out there making a difference was Jake Allen. And I'm just so impressed that he's, you know, it's only two games, but two games and he's still playing just as tremendous as he as he's been since he's went since he's been with this team. Um, it's just very heartwarming, but there were moments um, that I was able to see in game two that was just unreal by Jake Allen, and it has to be brought up. It just has to. This this guy is – if only, you know, if only we didn't lose the team we had um, two years ago, to have Jake Allen, you know, have people in front of him um, and I'm not I'm not digging at at these guys right now, but like to have that type of momentum in front of him with the play that Jake Allen's performing, you know I, I don't think it's it's Vesna caliber, but this would be a fucking nasty team, you know. I think Jake Allen is a goalie that if you're going on a Stanley Cup run, you want, but. You also want him in our perspective as well because mm-hmm. he, you want the guys losing for Bedard. <laughs> I'll be honest, you do. If you're Ken Hughes, 
you want this team to lose. But you don't want them losing 10 skull draggingly lost. You, you, you don't want them to lose games they scored six goals in, right? Because yeah. that's just creating a horrible environment. They're just they're gonna get their heads down. If they score four goals, they should win the game. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. like realistically, okay. Jake Allen ensures that most nights that's gonna happen. If they play, if they outplay a team, they'll win. That's what you want. That's how you build a good environment. Now, the Habs probably aren't going to outplay a lot of teams this year. But when they do, Jake Allen will be there to win. And that's what's important. He's not He's not Igor Shosturkin. He's not going to steal you too many games. He might, like the one in Detroit there. He mm-hmm. could have stole that. But I, I think it's the perfect kind of trade-off. He's going to win you games you deserve to win. But he's not going to steal you too many, and that's okay. That's what you want. Right. You don't want Jake Allen dragging you to the playoffs right now, <laughs> where we get fisted by Tampa in the first round. Yeah. Um, but on looking towards the future, uh, the Habs play Pittsburgh Monday. Jeff Petrie's return to the Bell Center. Uh, what do you think that's going to be like, buddy? You think he'll have a big, a big tribute, or what do you think we'll see? What do you think the reaction from the fans will be? I think they're going to boom, and I think that's gutless. But I understand where they're coming from, but I don't at the same time. Uh, I think I think Jeff Petrie should be as beloved as I perceive him to be. Um, it, it was – if COVID wouldn't have happened, Jeff Petrie would still be here. I, I have no doubt in my mind about it. Um it was tough on everybody, and we've always talked about the, you know, the mental side for Jeff Petrie, and I think that it just had the best of them, along with the implosion of our former, you know, our former office people. But um, I think it'll be a great game. I just honestly wish that um, Matheson was capable of playing too. I think that would have been a, you know, a great a great opportunity for both and definitely take a bit of edge off of both of them if they were both playing. Um, but I think Jeff Petrie's going to, I think there's going to be a good mix. I think there's going to be a lot of cheers. I think there's going to be some booze as well. Um, I just hope that they, they respect his time here because he was unreal with us. Um, we really got to see the best of Jeff Petrie, you know, to, I can't believe the Edmonton Oilers really gave up on him and we got, the best years of Jeff Petrie so far were with the Montreal Canadiens. And he was a very impactful player for us. Petrie was one of the best players. Like one of the best defensemen the Habs have had in my lifetime. Yeah. If you really think about it, like with the Habs, like. I think Andre Markov is like of like the the most recent generation that's gone out of the game. I think well, Markov, Markov is definitely the best, but Jeff Petrie like, is. You, no, absolutely. I agree. But Markov, Subban Weber. Yeah. The only three I can think of that since what, what you want to say, like 2000. Let's say like, you know, since I was 18. Since Carey Price was in the league. Okay. I would say Jeff Petrie's probably top four, if not top five. Yeah. I wholeheartedly and, agree with that. So, 
he's a great, and he was a great player. Put up tremendous, like every year until last year. That or sorry, so in what? How many years did he even play here? Let me just quickly one, two, three, four, five, six. He played eight seasons in Montreal. Like he was there for a very long time, which is just crazy because time flies. In the in the full seasons he played, only twice did he not score over 40 points. Mm-hmm. And one of those times, the quote-unquote full season was last year, 68 games. When St. Louis came in, picked it up, finished with 27 points in 68 games. Not horrible. He was horrible last year, don't get me wrong. But he, his game was picking back up. Had a career year the year before. I think Petrie's going to put up a lot of points in Pittsburgh. I draft Honestly, <laughs> I think after all those years of performing at the level he did, I think he's going to get a standing O. I, I really I hope really so. Do. I really hope so. And I think, honestly, Hab's Twitter has made me very on guard for this man because, I mean, Ooh. I did claim him to be, you know, the <laughs> – the winner a possible winner of the norris he would have a norris caliber caliber year last year um and i was ridiculed uh (laughs) but he was on track to just continue to just impress and do better than he he's ever been um i just hope that like you're saying he gets the ovation he deserves because you know he has been one of the greatest defensemen and honestly leaders this team's had you know, and uh, your generation. And since I was, you know, coming out of high school, he's been fantastic. I was so happy to have him, you know. No, absolutely. Edmonton lose, lose out on the Jeff Petrie, you know, future. Just, you know, that was a guy I wanted. If I had the money, I, you know, he was, we've talked numerous times behind the scenes that's a guy I'd get a Jersey for, you know, and I, I wish I would have, honestly, um, I wish I had was more frugal with my money and, and had, had some saved up to have a, a Jeff Petrie Jersey. He was one of my favorites, especially, um, after Subban and, uh, Markov had went, you know, Shea Weber and Jeff Petrie really kind of held the glue for, you know, what we what we had grown to know as like our strong defense. No, absolutely, Petrie. Like like you said, great player. Almost a decade spent with the team. We had some very good runs with him. So I think he'll get a pretty big, uh, warm welcome from the fans, and I'm sure the Canadians organization at least will honor him. I'm sure he'll get a good reception from the players. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, you guys can listen to this, then find out later on when you after because it'll be released uh monday the same day um i think that's probably gonna wrap things up we're going back to uh two episodes a week here so we'll be back hopefully early thursday morning probably um (laughs) i may or may not be back uh we may have a guest we'll see it is my midterms this week so it'll kind of be situational but before uh we head head out here before Corey closes us out Corey, did you have anything else you wanted to uh talk about uh before we kind of wrap things up here 
Um, I'm, I'm exhausted to be honest with you. Uh, I went to Oktoberfest on my only day off this week. And, um, today I was, I was hurting. I was fucking hurting. I was very dehydrated, very hungover. Um, but it was, it was great. Schnitzel was on, on par. Um, I got one last thing. I know you got to go because you got to study and that's what's important. Um, but here's the closing one. We'll take a five minute talk. Have you seen the um, the possible Canadians new retro jerseys? Uh, yeah, I don't really like them. I don't like them with the powder blue. I like the idea of honoring the Expos, but I don't mm-hmm. like the powder blue color. I could not. It looks like a, it's our practice jersey, bro. More or less, yes. Um, our practice jerseys are literally like they're, it's like the mm-hmm. it's the non-contact practice jersey. Like that's all <laughs> I see when I see it. Right, right. Um, I, I, I think it's honorable. I just I like the idea. I just don't like the. Um, would I buy it? Sure, but mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like Lou Lamorello. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we tried something fantastic last year or the year before that. Yeah, the year before that. Uh, the 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 blue ones, the dark blue ones, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, the standard retro, those are elite. Those are one of the cleanest jerseys I've ever seen in my life. I don't know why you wouldn't just be like, hey, look, you guys wanted it again. Here's more of them. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I bought a blue Blue retro. Yeah, me too. I, I kicked the fuck out of myself, dude. I don't know why. I, I just like, I don't, I didn't want to spend the money and I kind of regret it's it. It's because now. of COVID. Honestly, for me, I was like, dude, I, as much as I want this, I'm, I'm sitting at home, you know, my back's fucked up <laughs> and COVID, you know, do I really have the money to spend this? And I wish I would have found a way. I wish I would have just been like, well, you're going to spend it on something bullshit anyway. So just get it. Yeah, no, I wish I, I wish I had bought one. I, I definitely will buy the reverse retro this time around, unless, unless it is that powder blue, disgusting thing. Um, are they for <laughs> sure like they're being released this year? Uh, October twentieth is going to be. I just find I it so weird that they haven't promoted it more and like spoken about it. Like, well, it just I, seems like I think it's going to be like, like the year the the reverses came out. You know, there were speculations on it. There was talk about it. And it was all just like left for Twitter and Reddit and, you know, YouTube. Yeah, but they released, channels. didn't they? Did they not release them before the season started? I don't remember when it was released, but it was very like when they did release them, though, they released them all on one day. So it was like, you know, some people have, some people's has their head. Jesus have had theirs. Yeah, but there was like, remember there was like promo videos. They teased them a little bit. Like we've had nothing this time around. That's true. That's true. Um, maybe that was more of a money grab thing. I look. I liked. I like the idea of it. Um, but from what I've seen, um, October twentieth is supposed to be the date that we get news on the Canadians one. Um, the concept isn't confirmed but the color scheme is apparently um i don't know i hope i i just really wish i could get my hands on on the older one i like the idea i think i like powder blue um but i feel like i don't know um i don't like the white jerseys i I, let me rephrase that 
I love the look of the white jerseys. I hate buying white jerseys because of stains. I think the powder blue one is, is, is even, you know, it, it's, a, it's the same boat for me. So, Fair enough. yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess we'll have to see October when you said. Uh, apparently the 20th. So when you guys hear this, it'll be 17. So three days later is apparently when we're going to get more information or at least a confirmation of what ours will look like. Um, I'm excited. Uh, you know, any, any type of new uh, Canadians jersey is cool with me. Um, as long as they don't go back to the, what was it, 20, was it 2013 candy cane one? Uh, whatever, whatever year that was. <laughs> Yeah, that was I tough. That. that was awful. That was tough. But no, uh, man, I hope you, uh, I hope you're studying. I hope you're doing good in your classes, um, folks. Thank y'all so much for listening. This has been Habs Nightly. Um, give us a follow on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Benders. Uh, if you like the episode, like the podcast, please rate and review. It's very important and it moves us to different areas for more people to find. If you have any questions, comments want to be uh, something shared on the show, send us an email at habsnightly at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voice memo, you can do so at www.speakpipe.com forward slash habsnightly. We hope you guys have a great night. We can't talk. Can't wait to talk to you guys again. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.